welcome to the Bumblecast. I am your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King, and joining me as always is my Bumble co-host, Kyle JCRB Krause. You are listening to NPR. Hello, Ian. This is weird. I don't I don't know if I like this. <laughs> I'm very confused and, and weirded out right now. I'm half tempted to do just this low-key, straight-laced answer to all the questions. <laughs> I don't know if you'd be able to maintain that. If I didn't put my myself to sleep, I'd put everybody else to sleep. It's not like exactly we're riveting entertainment here. It's just Q&A, nonstop. Yeah, I am riveted. Are you? I'm, I'm riveted. I'm I'm riveted down. I can't move. You've I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck. <laughs> That's something Metal Kyle would say. Uh huh. It's true. All right. Well, we're here. We're going to answer some questions. I think yes, priority questions submitted via Kofi.com backslash Bumblecast and Patreon.com backslash Bumblecast. Indeed, indeed. And, uh, I mean, why not get started? Let's get started with the my question, though. I got my question for you first, Ian. Oh, right. You have this thing now. Yeah, this thing. This thing. So, Ian, did you ever make a post using green text listing out all of Sega's old mandates on the old Bumble King forum? Did you ever do that? Huh? 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 Did you? Why, why would I make it green text? Isn't that a 4chan thing? I don't know. I think I think that's just because it's green. I don't know. Why why would you make it green, Ian? You tell me. I, I no what no what? <laughs> what? The old Bumble King forums were like what was it? BB code? Why would I make P- it green? PHP BB, yes. Yeah, like the backgrounds were blue. That'd make it impossible to read. And <laughs> as we have covered on the show frequently in the past, the mandates, the rules, the guidelines for the franchise that all licensors have for their products mm-hmm. are not this set in stone Ten Commandments atop the mountain type of thing. <laughs> it's not like we have this laminated thing posted on the office wall. There is no letter introduced to everyone who happens to freelance on the book. It's, you know, you submit a script and they say, don't do that. Well, why not? We said, don't do that. There you go. That's a mandate. That's a rule. That's a directive. I freaking hate that word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's. You weren't the one who, you weren't the one who first started using it. So it's no, just kind and... of a, it's just kind of a holdover from an, from another time. And honestly, being a fan back in the day, I probably hitched my wagon to that word myself because yeah. Ooh, it sounds scary and important and it's like no just stop saying mandates say the rules okay yeah or say the standards and practices or mm-hmm. call them the gleeb glops whatever i don't care it's mm-hmm. whatever the direction is from the folks running the sonic brand at the time yeah yeah so for anyone wondering this is in reference to a screenshot that was uh doctored to show Ian posting it when actually it was another user on the forum. So, oh, really? Yes. And someone who, fell for that. someone who talks in green text. Apparently, this was this had been the this was like the smoking gun that you were a liar. Yeah, apparently, Ian. This was what this is what made people think you were making stuff up. 
because of this one screenshot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Here we are. Yay! Yeah. Guys, look these things up. Really? I'm I'm absolutely serious. Really? At face value. They took it at face value. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Green text. There was another user on your forum who was prevalent posting in green text. It wasn't you. <laughs> okay. So. Well, now it's all audio. So unless you're saying my voice sounds green, we've solved that problem, I guess. Well, the Bumblecast logo is green, so. Ah, it's dead crap. Uh, screwed it up. Here it is. <laughs> Uh well no so no the answer is no Ian never did that it's it's a fake screenshot if you see that screenshot it is a lie wait a minute how long ago did we shut down the forums and it's still circulating uh yeah <laughs> do they have nothing better to do okay you know what no we're not starting the show on this note no that no. is not real please let, let's just let's dive just, in yeah let's just let's just move on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm glad we could at least clear that up. Ugh. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Enough of my tomfoolery. Let's get into some others tomfoolery. Here's this one from Godzilla. It's been a while since we've had an episode dedicated to a movie discussion. But can we get a special review episode for Sonic 2 after the movie comes out? I miss the old movie-slash-topic-discussion episodes. Wow, uh, somebody actually misses those? I'm amazed. <laughs> That's flattering. Yes. Uh, I'm excited for Sonic 2, but I honestly don't know when I'm going to be able to see it. That's because, kind of the thing, yeah. I mean, I'm excited for it. I really want to see it, but I'm in a high-risk household. COVID is still a thing, and the relaxed mask mandates are not going to help with that. So sitting in an enclosed room, breathing other people's air for two plus hours no Mm -mm. i am not rolling the dice on that no no i i agree so i've been kind of wondering how we would uh how we would approach that so but it sounds like we might be waiting for the vod release (laughs) yeah yeah which i hate i want to see it and i want to see it on a big screen but yeah there are higher priorities in life right now yeah right now uh yeah, we we're not going to be on time topical when it's out unfortunately, I don't think. Like right on the right on the same weekend or whatever, unfortunately, but we do plan on do, seeing it obviously, and I'm sure we will do like a full review of it once uh once we do see it. It's just going to be one of those things, you know. Shoot, I still haven't seen the new Spider-Man flick. Nope, me neither. So same here. Well, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. So just hang tight and be patient. And uh, no spoilers. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's a question from Dove. I'm wondering, let's say that after their most recent round of, shall we call them setbacks, Eggman and Starline meet up at a bar to drown their sorrows and compare notes. As they arrive, they see one other patron at the bar, he introduces, he introduces himself as Wily Coyote, super genius. 
and the time the three find they have similar problems. Where does this conversation go? And as a quick side note, what do they each order to drink? Dr. Claw is the bartender, but he never seems to turn around. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, they commiserate at first. You know, they they're all having a big old pity party. It just kind of depends on how long they go on, because I imagine Eggman is a mean drunk. And <laughs> well, I mean, he's a mean sober, to be fair. So. <laughs> and Starline, I can't imagine, handle his liquor too well. <laughs> and I'm, if my memory of the old cartoons are right, Wiley is a whiskey man. So that's going to go real fast. Yeah, yeah. It, it's probably just going to devolve into a bunch of slurred name calling and them slap fighting each other out the door. <laughs> Yes, yes. Wiley Coyote does talk. So. Rarely, rarely, but he, but does. he does. He does. Yeah. Wiley Coyote, super genius. Yes, he has a very, very like yeah, yeah, that kind of voice. Yes, <laughs> I like it. I like it. And then Doctor Claw, he's he's yeah. always he's always from. You can never see him, no matter where you are at the bar. He's he's always. You're always looking at his back, which is weird. Like, how does that work? <laughs> See, like those when the old video games where they would uh, like use a flat image, but it was always facing toward you. So you know, it looked like a. It always looked like it was facing you. You never could. Starlines. You never could Starlines get around it. Drunk. Let me let me have another one. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> out of here you duck build lush uh oh called him a duck oh no oh no (laughs) nice nice meanwhile Eggman's just kind of sneering to himself thought he could handle Sonic he can't even handle raspberry schnapps (laughs) nice 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 all right, let's get into the question here from Andrew D. It's a bit of a long one, so strap in. So as you may or may not know, I recently decided to tackle a timeline of the Sonic video game series to be broken down into a number of videos on YouTube. And for the most part, the script is all done and recorded, although I still find myself making little changes here and there. The thing that's been bothering me now is my rediscovery of all the RG video game adaptations and tie-ins. There was a point in time when they were adapted into the comics continuity, and then there was a point where they were all introduced as taking place in another time, another place. That I'm assuming is a result of the reboot, and therefore erasure of the alternate universe is the another time, another place preface where adaptations disappeared. So my question is, which adaptations and tie-ins, if any, actually take place in the video game continuity, or at least in relation to their respective video games? Sonic Lost World tie-in was advertised as having the official comic tie-in prequel, and the Sonic and the Secret Rings comic was handed out with the game back in the day. There were also a few other questionable continuities, such as Sonic Dash and Sonic Jump. Is the continuity that another time, another place exists in an alternate universe in the comics, or the games themselves? I know the Team Sonic Racing comic by IDW, confirmed by Dave Marriott to take place in the game universe, so that would mean it's possible for at least some of the Archie comic tie-ins to also take place in the video game universe, right? Basically, help. Um, number one, 
like as a rule, toss out any of the game adaptations. If you're doing a game timeline, those don't apply. Yeah, I would say don't. Yeah, you're they're they're tying spinoff stuff. You're really like splitting hairs and getting into the weeds on that. It's not even worth considering. Yeah, no. Um, And number two, don't even consider the mobile games. They're not canon. They're mobile games. They no, just just no. Yeah, they don't count. Um. The notable exceptions, which I think you already covered, like the Lost World prequel, which it's been a while since I even touched that, but I don't think it had any ties to the comic continuity at the time. So, I mean, that one is safe enough, but it's going to fall into the same general time frame as Lost World. That's not really going to affect anything. You just know it comes before the game and the Team Sonic Racing tie in happens during the game so again that doesn't affect the timing it's part of the events of the game so it's not really a consideration um ultimately i think you're overthinking it yeah pretty much as always (laughs) uh you're overthinking it like i always say you're you're putting way more thought into this than sega ever has and ever will so but that's gonna be i'll go ahead nightmare is if and or when Sega does settle on an official timeline and all these fan timelines are going to not sync to some degree or another. Oh yeah. None of them will. <laughs> and I, I'm not looking forward to those questions on the bumble. The, 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 uh, the Zelda timeline was bad enough. <laughs> the Sonic timeline. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, as if the fandom is not broken enough already. Now it will be truly, well and truly broken. That is not to devalue your work, Andrew. That, you know, if this is your passion project, I wish you all the luck, and I know you work really hard on it. I'm just generally waxing on the fandom and potential future at large. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What about the Sonic Forces comics? I'm, those are actually well, yeah, but part those of the aren't game, right? Part of IDW or RG. right? Yeah, those were commissioned by Sega for their social media. Okay, so they are tech. They would be yeah. considered in canon with the games. Okay, cool. Yeah, that because that's a whole different kettle of fish. Uh, same thing for like the Secret Rings tie-in comic. Like that wasn't an Archie comic. It was just kind of put together by Archie staffers, right? Okay. And it happens during events of the game, so again, it doesn't affect the timeline at all. It's part of game events. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and there was the Sonic Lost World Zelda DLC. <laughs> and so, so now where does Sonic fit in the Zelda timeline? Oh, God, oh well, no! <laughs> you see Link on the loft wing, so clearly it happens during the Age of the Sky Gods, or however it was they broke it down. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Oh no! <laughs> uh, before this gets too crazy, let's move on to the next question from Jams. It's well known that Sonic Team traveled to Cancun, South America, and Aztec temples f- for inspiration for Sonic Adventure. Since this was our point of reference, do you think the areas you explore in game are actually set in the Mobius equivalent of Mexico slash South America? If the citizens of Station Square speak Spanish, and more importantly, since they live in that region. If Big and Amy know what 
donde está la biblioteca means. <laughs> donde está en el baño? <laughs> I mean, I guess it really begs the question, how far does the train run mm -hmm. from Station Square to Mystic Ruins? Like, is it a long train ride? I don't think so. And you can reach the egg carrier from either hub map on a small boat, but that's me probably applying too much logic to the game itself. I mean, it's an interesting concept. Um, I don't think the architecture or the NPCs really imply uh, South, South American Mexican vibe. No, it's definitely but, more. It's definitely more of a Western feel to it. Honestly, for I mean, Station Square, at least. So, but I mean, you could or you could theory craft that you know it was settled by more Western folks, and that's just what maintained there. I don't know. I think it's more that Sonic Team, you know, traveled there and said, "Hey, hey, this is cool," and <laughs> culturally appropriated for a level and a hub world. You know, it's yeah. no greater thinking beyond this is the cool aesthetic we're going to use for now and never touch again <laughs> no i think they i think they just wanted to go on a nice vacation and then they got back and we're like okay i guess we got to make a game now <laughs> and that was the last I thing mean, in their minds because they went to because they went to uh those places so go ahead no nah, it's better that i shut up oh well i mean some people would say that <laughs> <laughs> all right we got a question here from and tales in the february 11th 2022 guest episode featuring deco kami you address the infamous scene in sonic forces where tails cowers in fear at the presence of chaos zero despite the fact he was able to speed th defeat them single-handedly in sonic adventure what are your thoughts on the argument that tails reaction to chaos zero was driven by his apparent downward spiral after he witnessed Infinite wipe the floor with Sonic six months prior. Moments before Chaos Zero's appearance, Tails was even having trouble fixing Omega, which seems to strengthen the argument that the Fox Boy's confidence had deteriorated during the time jump, or maybe even been suffering from a sort of trauma, subsequently impacting his fighting prowess. Well, it's not really an argument. That's how the game framed it. Yeah. that That's what it presented, the... the contention is that it shouldn't have gone that way at all you know we have sonic adventure where tails is very reliant on sonic eggman attacks station square tails realizes that he's on his own he is the only one there to protect the people and so he steps up and he does the job sa2 he finds out that sonic has been imprisoned he wages a one-man war against gun to blast his way into prison island and rescue sonic you know, Sonic Heroes, he's still very childlike, but he's in the mix with everybody else. There's not really a lot of stuttering fear. And so now we have Sonic beaten up, okay, presumably lost, okay, and instead of continuing the trend of having that courage and self-reliance, he folds inwards. This goes back to Sonic Unleashed when the Dark Gaia monsters are stomping around and there's apparently nobody to, to protect the people and tails flies away and hides in fear. Nobody really liked that then. And that trend has continued up to present day. So yeah, 
it's the inconsistency of his characterization that people are not particularly happy with and that all the growth that he had in the adventure games seems to be completely forgotten. Inconsistent characterization in Sonic? Ian, surely you jest. Never happens. Couldn't I'm not be. jesting and don't call me Shirley. Couldn't be a thing. Couldn't be a thing. It's totally a thing. Here's one from Scruffy Matt. You recently said on the podcast that Mr. Tinker did not choose to go back to being Dr. Eggman. And had it not been for Dr. Starline, he would have remained harmless. While I mostly agree with that, it should not be forgotten that Starline by himself failed to awaken the Dr. Eggman persona. That only happened when Metal Sonic showed up and seeing him triggered Eggman's memories to return. So, hypothetical question. Let's imagine for a moment that Dr. Starline doesn't exist or just didn't manage to get Mr. Tinker. Get to Mr. Tinker. Metal Sonic still gets his butt kicked, is de-weaponized by Tails, and flees when Sonic offers a hand of friendship. Eventually, Metal Sonic Eventually, Metal Sonic manages to find Mr. Tinker in Windmill Village. What happens then, without Mr. Tinker having first been treated, or, you know, tortured by Dr. Starline? You've got Metal Sonic coming into Windmill Village, and Mr. Tinker is like, oh, what a delightfully odd robot, and just takes him in. And Metal Sonic, who is programmed to be loyal to Dr. Eggman, sticks around town, but it's Mr. Tinker. There are no orders to conquer, there's no directives to attack, so Metal's just kind of hanging around Windmill Village, waiting to do something. You know, he, he helps <laughs> Bell with stuff because Mr. Tinker tells him to, and he's got to follow orders, but he's not fighting anybody. <laughs> and, you know, Sonic just happens across the town, and Metal Sonic's like, finally! And, like, jumps him. And Mr. Tinker's like, no, 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 you can't do that, that's mean. And Metal Sonic can't resist orders and is like literally fighting himself to go after Sonic. But yeah, he would be like perfectly quarantined and corralled in that scenario. He's just, he's just vibing. Yeah. If without Starline, Mr. Tinker would have been Mr. Tinker for the rest of his life. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think Sega would have let you do that. No, God, no, I, <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to do that either. Mr. Tinker was supposed to be like a small side thing to, you know, keep the focus on Neo metal. The uh, fixation that the fandom has had on Mr. Tinker caught me off guard. Yeah. I was going to say People love Mr. Tinker <laughs> and they still do. I'm not sure why it's not that interesting. And <laughs> it was kind of a fun one-off joke, but we're done with that. It's because he's so nice. You know, people like nice. They like nice, they like nice, and he's, he's kind of like a, a nice himbo, I guess. <laughs> he's like Santa. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that might be it. <laughs> he makes toys, you know? You can't hate that guy. <laughs> All right, here's a question from Scurvy Pirate Hog. So I've been rereading some of the Archie books, and the more I look, it's more apparent just how different the modern Sonic game cast is in the Archie preboot books when it comes to their personalities and relations, especially if you compare them to their current modern incarnations, like how they are in the IDW books. One example is Sonic's free-spirited attitude. As an IDW, he's more like free as the wind, while in Archie, you could say he's kind of like a knight fighting for the kingdom of Acorn. So, just for the fun of it, what if the modern Sonic game cast in IDW, Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, Eggman, Shadow, etc., switch places with their Archie counterparts? 
How would the IDW versions handle the different world and vice versa? And how would the comic exclusive characters react to Sonic and company acting a bit different from their usual selves? Um, I don't imagine there would be too huge of a shift for the most part. You would definitely have a bit of friction where, you know, game Sonic, IDW Sonic wouldn't want to just sit still in, let's see, we said pre-reboot. So eh, we'll go ahead and just bump it up to new Mobitropolis. Um, he wouldn't want to just sit still in one city. Like, he'd be happy to help, but it's time to move on once there's safety, once there's peace. He's not going to stick around. He's not going to chill out. He's going to go on and look on for the next adventure. Um, but by the time, well, no, it's pre-reboot. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, it, it's taken me a minute to remember where we were in characterizations. And by the end of the pre-reboot, we were already skewing closer to the game characterization so the evolution was already there right i mean amy then wasn't quite the same as amy now because a lot of time has passed between those two eras Mm -hmm. but i don't think it as it was as stark a difference as say amy back before the ring of acorns you know yeah um shadow himself characterize character wise wouldn't be that much different it's just the difference would be how much of that character we're allowed to show. So, I mean, if we're talking like early, early stuff like Satam era, you know, not whole, then we'd have a greater discrepancy between the two. But by the end of pre-reboot, we were pretty close to a similar wavelength with IDW. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too far off. You were just trying to build up the world as more, trying to make it more in line with kind of what people were expecting from Archie Sonic, it was just, you know, you thought you had more time, sadly. I mean, with the, with the whole Team Freedom and Team Fighters thing, that was kind of the objective, was to get Sonic and Tails and Amy out of Numa Metropolis and make them the world-traveling heroes that they are, like, in the games. Right. So we were already on that trajectory back then. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, then here comes a question from Yoshi Milkman. So in Tangle and Whisper number four, what exactly was the plan for dealing with Mimic? Tangle just shows Mimic holograms of his teammates, expecting him to have remorse, which is sort of dumb because she knew Mimic by that point. Or was the plan for Whisper to come in with the sneak attack? It was more to kind of gauge his reaction um, because he was with the Diamond Cutters for a while. They were his comrades. And the thinking was that to confront him with what he had done might shake him might delay him because he wasn't there for the killing blow like he set up the ambush but he didn't actually have to witness what happened to the team and when he was going after whisper he was pretty quick to say oh she must have run off my job's done so the thinking there which i guess probably could have been a little better explained was to see you know if confronting him with all the evil he had done would actually shake him and you know make him surrender make him repent something and mimic does have that moment of yeah i did that oh well business is business <laughs> ah oh mimic you you jerk yes that, that was, and tangle it was supposed like, to also highlight the fact that tangle is not the hardened embittered mercenary that mimic and whisper are she still believes in happy endings and the goodness of people and that 
hard effort, hard work and effort will pay off in the end. She's still the the bright eyed, enthusiastic optimist. She's still a bit green, huh? Coming, mm. and then she, uh, and then she uh, realized, nope, never mind. Life sucks. <laughs> nah, nah, not really. I, no, Tangle will bounce back. She might have her moments of doubt, but that's why we love her. She will, we can't keep a good lemur down. Nope, she will bounce back. She truly will. She will bounce, bounce, very bouncy. Anyway, here's a question from Pedanticat. What do you think Silver makes of time travel movies? And what do you both think is his favorite time travel movie? Uh, he approaches them as documentaries and takes copious <laughs> notes. Yes. Figuring out, you know, what's the best way to do time uh-huh. travel heroics. Yes. Like, he is 100% a Back to the Future fan. Oh, of course. He, I mean, he wants a DeLorean because that would be so much cooler to try time travel in. It's it's he is silver and the car is silver. It's like they exactly. were made they were made for yeah. each other. Like he is <laughs> bugging tails to build a flux capacitor cuz you know they might need his help at some point and yeah. He could get there so much faster if he had a car. Tails come on. <laughs> Yes. And yes. Tails is like, it's science fiction. It doesn't work. Silver, we've been over this. Come on. Yeah, but Bill and but Bill and Ted, dude. <laughs> like, come on. I mean phone booths aren't that hard to build, right? Tails. Tails. Yeah. And as an aside, I think there is fan art of Silver in like the classic Back to the Future pose in a Delo- with a DeLorean and the, the doors open and he's looking at his, at his wrist. I would know. be shocked if there wasn't. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure it, I'm pretty sure that exists somewhere. Well, I th- I think they did a spoof of that during Evans arc in Universe. That might be. Yeah. It might be. Like I'm yeah. pretty sure it was a Back to the Future 3 spoof with him um Professor, what's his name? Von Schlemmer. There we go. Von Schlemmer. Yeah, and gold. Or yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just got it in the chat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no DeLorean though. It's just a time portal. Lame. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> just a Genesis portal. Whatever it is. I don't know. It's it's hard. Things are hard. Here's a question from Saturn Flicky. Whose idea was it to officially add Mark II to the name of Sonic and Knuckles Mecha Sonic in the Encyclopedia? Was there any discussion about giving the Game Gear Sonic 2 Mecha Sonic its own qualifier to distinguish it from the version in the Genesis Sonic 2? Uh, there was internal discussion with Sega on you know, just what are the robots and how should they be formalized at this point. So I was kind of in those talks and that was what was decided Alrighty, here's a question from off how do you feel about some of the more eccentric son amy shippers going out of their way to instigate a negative response to the recent vote for the sally acorn figurine any insightful words for people out there who have a no fun attitude towards anyone that likes things they don't like no i've given up trying to police the internet um it's disappointing yeah um, neither Sonic nor Amy would condone that kind of behavior. So, you know, what is it you like about those characters? Cause you don't follow any of their leads. Um, hmm. 
and it, it's sad and, that you know your enjoyment of something that you feel threatened by other people enjoying something so yeah and it's weird because like there's been tons of amy figures and toys over the years it's not like they don't, don't exist tons, it, it's well in comparison to how many sally figures there have ever been <laughs> yeah yeah it's like you've had you've had you've had at least some merch let people enjoy things. Here's one from Stephanie C. Would you like to write a story arc of Sonic and Tangle going on an adventure together in the IDW comics? I feel those two have a fun dynamic that hasn't been explored well yet. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Do it, Ian. Right now. Let's shut down the show and go write that. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Let's, we'll wait. We'll wait. Here's one from Hobo Joe. Out of curiosity, exactly how long was Dimitri stuck in that box for? I really like Dimitri. And of the many things I yearn to know from Lost Hedgehog Tales is whatever happened to him. But seriously, what exactly was the battery life on that head? A week? A month? I know that guy's a genius, and time is a slippery scale in the world of super speedy hedgehogs that go super saiyan, but that's some serious juice in that robo skull. Yeah. And clearly he doesn't need to breathe because I don't think there were any ear vents in that box. <laughs> I mean, he's like, does he have some kind of intake valve that allows him to speak or is it like 100% synthesized? I mean, is there any meat left on those mecha bones? I don't know. <laughs> it was just kind of, it, it kind of really just comes down to rule of cool. It was, he's a mecha head now. And, uh, Pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> As for how long, legitimately, I don't remember that era of the book. I can't really recall specifically without like digging up the back issues and rereading. So I don't know how long he was in there, but it's not like that. The book had a very hard timeline at that point anyway. You know, days are weeks are months are years because we can't really progress at that point. Mm -hmm. He was in there for a while. But let's just say he managed to finish 99 <laughs> bottles of beer on the wall a few times. Wow. That's some dedication to actually finish it once, much less multiple times. Well, impressive. What else is he going to do in there? I guess. It's a good point. And we got one more question here before we take a break. It's from Radri. What do you think is whack about modern media today? Um... This is, I'm laughing because this is a reference to something. Oh, this in a uh, way, in a way, in a sense. This is, this, this is, is joke getting, thing. This is getting seriously. This is getting me to say a word that I don't normally use that somebody m like made up a quote of me using. <laughs> speaking of wow. weird, speaking of weird things of people making up quotes, it, I feel this episode this is seems weird. to be themed around me being out of the loop. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's yeah some some things have happened, Ian. Some 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 things have happened, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't feel like I want to know. Oh, it's four chance. So yeah, you definitely don't. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Uh, I didn't want to know about it either, but I got showed it. So yeah, here we are. That's why. That's why. Apparently, I was quoted as saying "whack" at some point. So 
Ah, yes, because yes, that that's totally the, something I would do. That's definitely modern me. lingo that you use so much. That's me. I say whack all the time. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. Yeah. Isn't modern media whack today? Yes. <laughs> At your journalistic integrity shining through. I'm whacked. I've been whacked for the PS2. Wiggity word up. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Come on, baby. down to the mall, get you some new kicks. Tell me what's the word. A word up. Bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. Oh, wait, that's a different one. Never mind. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, if you want to answer this question seriously, we can. No, I think our befuddlement is sufficient. Okay. We've answered the spirit of the question. I suppose. What do you think is whack about... You directly, me just kind of fumbling my way through it. What do I think about... What do I think is whack about modern media today? Uh, Modern internet social media. That's pretty whack. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, guys, uh, I think that's enough. So we're we're, going to go and uh, we'll be back. And then, yeah, that, that... We have returned to answer more of your questions, maybe. Let's get into this one from Elks120. How would Fang, Bean, and Bark be able to work as a team in Sonic Heroes? What adjustments might have to be made to their abilities, and more specifically, how would they fly? Fang pilot his old marvelous queen? Would Bean just blast him up into the air somehow? Or would Bark spin his arms like Donkey Kong in Smash Brothers? (laughs) As funny as that is. That is very um, funny. <laughs> I mean, because Fang and Bark pretty obviously lend themselves to the speed and power types, but Bean doesn't fly. And granted, this predates Sonic Riders with their other flightless birds. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe like my knee jerk reaction is to say he would use like fireworks or something to just blast him up consecutively but that doesn't work with the gameplay mechanics it would just rocket how does he character care maybe he holds a couple of like bottle rockets and flies up but then you're diversifying his explosives and he's always used just a little cartoon bomb so i don't know i don't know and even with the idea of the marvelous queen with a couple of flying sidecars that's my invention so unless they happen to come up with the same idea i mean i don't want to project but that does kind of undercut the whole running animation thing. So I really don't know how they would make that work. If they come or up, maybe with I'm this... just being maybe I'm too tunnel vision on this one. But if they I came don't. up with the same idea, you could sue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's not. Don't do that. Here's a question from Wolfsbane. They say that cooking is an art and baking is a science. So does both Eggman and Starline each have their own perfect cookie recipe? Well, Starline follows Eggman's cookie recipe because it's perfect. Of course. Until he got kicked out and then he tried to reinvent it because maybe it wasn't perfect after all. Maybe Eggman isn't perfect because he doesn't love me. Uh, I thought I understood the genius of raisins and a chocolate chip cookie, but I have seen the light. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The whole thing is that, you know, they're awful. Eggman just streamlines the process. It is 100% mechanical. He doesn't taste. He just churns it out and he eats them because he thinks they taste fine. 
but he has no taste. So <laughs> literally, they, they, they are the most awful mass produced cookies you can imagine. Hmm. And they're shaped like his face. Well, of course. <laughs> uh, here's one from Pan Dolce. Hi, Ian. Since Dr. Starline canonically has a perm, how does his natural hair look like? Is that a dark hair strand natural t- natural too? Or does he dye it? Um, I am putting way too much thought into this. This should just be a joke answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well. I imagine without any kind of containment, it just is flock of seagulls flying everywhere. It looks like he stuck a fork in an outlet. Just madness. Like, it, it's not vanity. It is just to keep things under control. Right. <laughs> uh, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say the streak is natural, though. All right. He works. He works well with what he's got. That's right. He, he's he got it. He figures it out. He's got it figured out. He's got style. He's got grace. Yeah, he's, he's, he's styling it for the first time, trying to figure out how to make this work. And then, you know, he gets that wave with the streak. And he's like, ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got style. He's got grace. He'll, he'll, he'll clone your face. <laughs> Here's one from Ty H. Do you think it's possible for Whisper at some point to be a part of a story with Shadow? I think after the whole Android thing with the diamond cutters, it would be interesting to see Whisper interact with Shadow, especially since she stated it wasn't easy for him. Despite the fact Whisper knows it wasn't his fault, and Shadow probably doesn't even know what happened. They would be an interesting pair together, because you know, Whisper's very reserved and Shadow is even more so. Shadow is Shadow, yes. And they're both very mission-oriented, so they'd, they'd probably work well together, all things considered. And then there would be that tension there, and the question would be... Because Whisper wouldn't be the one to volunteer volunteer her backstory, and Shadow, in his present characterization, wouldn't ask about it. So, I don't know. But it would be interesting to see the two of them just light things up together. Yeah, yeah. It's a matter to Whisper and Blaze, you know, kicking ass together. That would be awesome. But they might be a little more open with each other eventually. <laughs> I don't think it would quite be quite the same way with Shadow. That could be interesting, potentially more interesting since Blaze herself was so mission oriented and reserved until she met Sonic and learned to open up more so she could recognize that in Whisper and attempt to do what Sonic did and, you know, help her open up a bit. But, you know, she isn't quite Sonic's type of character, so she may not be able to handle it just right, but it would be wholesome Mm -hmm. if awkward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I like it. Here's a question from The Key. Regarding Mega Man, Ramoon hitting the whole world with powerful EMPs across the world, it made me wonder if regular EMPs were the counter to Robot Masters all along. Considering robots like Electman exist and the advancements of robots to the point of military forces being outdated, I was wondering what were your thoughts on that? Is all it would take is a standard EMP to take out your average Robot Master or Mega Man? Also, when did Wily set up Proto Man with EMP shielding? Was it in anticipation for his plans with Ramoon? Well, remember, Wily found Blues on the edges of the Lafont ruins. So when he fixed him up to be functional again, he would have had to apply the EMP shielding just to get him working. Everything within that radius was being shut down. Uh, Beyond that, though, I would say that Raw Moon's EMPs are a super special space version 
Like the fact that it was able to affect the entire world almost simultaneously tells you it's on an order of magnitude far higher than anything else realistically could do without like actually frying the planet. Right. Here's this one from Langorous Sky. Is Sega aware that the statement only male hedgehogs can go super is very controversial among the fan base? And is it possible to pitch a unique form for Knuckles that is exclusive to echidnas? Is it possible for this concept to change in the future? Uh, some folks are aware. Yeah. Um, and sure, it's possible to pitch anything. Whether or not it actually flies is something else entirely. Um, like pitching that, no, that is a bad idea that needs to change. We'll see. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that I would like to see changed, but I am not in the position to, you know, enforce such a thing. Uh, why not? I guess because I'm the one in charge, so you can't do that. <laughs> I am the I'm the true mastermind. No, no. <laughs> Here's one from Sonic, Sonic, Sonic. Is Sonic Rivals 2 canon or not? I don't know. <laughs> I mean... I would like it to be, but I haven't heard officially one way or the other. Oh. Well, did you ask? Did you ask? Why didn't you ask, Ian? I, Why have you never asked? Why don't you ask all the questions? It hasn't come up. Okay. All right. Cool. Just checking. Here's one from Hero of Light 13. Could Sonic Speed be derived from natural latent chaos energy within himself? It would explain why he's able to perform feats like chaos control, something that only a few chaos energy-rich individuals like Shadow can pull off, or how his speed is able to do things like repair time in space or stave off a metallic virus. That's kind of the vibe I get with Movie Sonic's visual electricity effect, and it would certainly help explain a few plot holes in other Sonic media. Something about Sonic just having a natural tie to chaos feels right. But what do you think? I think this kind of starts falling into the old Archie concept of the chaos force, which is non-canon <laughs> and you know, it also implies that the chaos energy is an omnipresent thing when it seems to just be located to the chaos emeralds like shadows, special abilities may or may not be related to the chaos emeralds energy we're not really sure they could be offshoots of what the black arms could do i i don't know i think for at least modern sonic it's just kind of rule of cool sonic can do anything it could stand to be clarified and solidified sure but i think any kind of explanation right now is just theory crafting and anybody's idea holds equal weight when you get down to it. Movie Sonic is its own thing. You know, keep that in mind too. It's taking cues from the game. Sure. But they're going in their own direction and more power to them. It's kind of fun to have a new Sonic continuity, but don't try to look too hard for one-to-one parallels with whatever the movie comes up with. Right. Sonic gets his powers from the speed force. I mean, the chaos force. I mean, (laughs) I mean, you know, down the line, I may be eating my words. Maybe Sega decides to follow the movies route and say, yeah, sure. That's an explanation and incorporate it into the modern stuff. I don't know. Hey, kids, you like Silver Age comics? (laughs) You like Jack Kirby? (laughs) 
<laughs> Here's a question from Audrey Shrugged. If Tails is not allowed to get revenge on Sonic, if Sonic is not allowed to be humiliated by Tails, like what happened, and vice versa, if both Sonic and Evil Sonic are allowed to find someone who loves them, if Sonic must be glamorized and rewarded with more romance from Sally and Amy and Mina and Bunny and Fiona and everyone for betraying his friend and being the awful egotistical little turd who made Tails cry, then why is Tails the only one who's not allowed to find love after Fiona? Why does Tails need to be content with watching Sonic the ungrateful friend-betraying jackass find love when he doesn't? Why is Tails not allowed to see that there's even one person on the entire planet who would choose him over the spoiled blue narcissist celebrity so long as he lives? Why can't Tails find someone better than Fiona? Uh, this is a Wendy's. See, I thought these were parody questions at first, but I, they no, keep no. coming back. So no. here we go. Number one, that continuity was erased from existence, and that book is dead. It's time to move on. Number two, Tails is a child. Stop being creepy about his love life. And number three, girls do not exist as objects to validate Tails. We're done with this topic. All righty. Here's one from Joey, the Sonic fan. We know Sonic doesn't seem interested in being Amy's boyfriend, but is he flattered that she's in love with him? We know are two very loaded words in this context. <laughs> and it's... We know nothing. Here's the thing. Like, if I try to cite game stuff where it does seem that he shows some interest or at least some form of awkwardness around it you know here come the what what are what am i who am i insulting at this point the everybody just on self and like oh he's championing this he's clearly biased and then you know there are clearly game references where he has no interest that's like then you have the son self fans going oh he clearly hates this couple and he's sabotaging it it's it's been inconsistent throughout the games right and i'm so very tired of this question <laughs> <laughs> I'm not calling you out, Joey. You're like the straw on top of the straw on top of the straw on top of the haystack on top of the camel's back. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's not you. It's everyone else. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. See, you know, uh, Sega's saying that you can't do romance and Sonic is a mistake. No, it's not. It's a relief. This yeah. episode has proved it by itself. I'm so done with this. <laughs> Everyone is just friends. Tangle and Whisper are very, very good friends. They were roommates. Here's one from X. We all know a lot of stories go through a lot of rewrites, with different characters getting different amounts of screen time and having different outcomes to their arcs and such through revisions. So that got me wondering, throughout the Zombot Crisis, who was going to get turned and who was going to stay uninfected until the end? Always set in stone, or were there any planned infections that never made it into the pages? Um, the ideally, the reason why we have everything pre-approved at the macro stage at the springboards is so that we don't have to do too many revisions on the fly. So when we get to the breakdowns and the actual scripting, there shouldn't be any guesswork. Ideally, there have been <laughs> there have been instances where that hasn't held true, but. Uh, in case of who got infected and who didn't, from what I remember, that went all according to plan. Like that was never uh, revised or 
if it was tinkered with, it was like very small last minute stuff that didn't affect the overall flow of the plot. Nice. There's a question from Speedweed. Right. So the Noggin's been jogging on more Metroid Dread stuff, and I just realized something. If the X Parasites are slated to be the new Metroids, given the latter are considered extinct, how can you even write them as is, given they're literally unstoppable compared to the Metroids, where you could at least freeze them and blow them up? Likewise, is there any way to give them interesting development beyond a literal unstoppable mimic plague whose natural predator is now extinct and is free to ravage the galaxy as it pleases? Granted, Samus is the one counter to the X, but still, compared to the Metroids, it seems to me that they're just the end-all, be-all, narratively speaking, that can be stopped without her on the scene. Like how Shadow the Hedgehog could end every fright with one good chaos control, and vice versa. So, you Speedweed, you're more up-to-date on Metroid stuff than I am, so maybe you know or have heard that they're going to keep the X-Parasite around. I was kind of under the, the impression that they tied that off with Dread, because that planet blew up. And I don't think the parasite can survive in space um, unless it did find ways off of whatever that random assortment of letters and numbers was. I don't know. I, I kind of assumed that the X parasite was done, but if it is out there, I mean, that gives Samus a new specific directive to you know hunt them down and clean them up. And that makes her uniquely suited for the future adventures because she is the only one that can stop them. That makes enough sense Uh, where to take them. I see potential with the ending of dread as for where they could go. There's a tantalizing possibility, at least for me in the ending of dread where Zamas gets on the gunship. She can't leave because she's gone full Metroid suit and the, X parasite version of quiet robe appears and gives himself up to her so that she can stabilize and control the Metroid aspect of her and the X parasites and such. So she can leave the planet. That means that X parasite, that clone of quiet robe had an individual awareness and consciousness or that some degree of quiet robe endured within the x parasite copy so with that precedent set what if there are x parasites who decide you know what devouring the cosmos not cool we need to find a way to live in peace with our fellow organics which could potentially put them at odds with the galactic federation whose policy is nuke them from space or send down samus who will nuke them herself because she is a walking arsenal (laughs) and there is that kind of lingering question of her ties with the galactic federation so that could be something to explore you know does she turn on them and become the champion of the good x parasites um it would be an opportunity to bring back ridley yet again if he's x parasitic i I don't know there's ways to do it but I don't know. Part of the thing with Metroid is I feel like the more in-depth and complex the story gets, the more cumbersome it becomes. It's, I don't know, I like my Metroid simpler and a little more direct. I thought Dread did a fine job of finding that balance, but I don't know. Are you saying you don't like the baby? We need more the baby. We need the baby. Bring, bring, bring me the baby. 
<laughs> X parasites sound kind of like symbiotes. In a way. So maybe they could survive in space. Eh, maybe. Eh. I mean, yeah. they seem to only be able to... Now, I could be... No, wait. Do they take over the robots, too, in uh, Fusion? You're asking... <laughs> you're barking up the wrong tree here, because yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure they can only take over stuff with an organic base. So, But then again, Ridley can fly through space. Like, he's able to leave atmosphere and re-enter on his own volition. So... Uh, I'm being told that they do because they're organic. They have a brain. So, I guess. That's what it sounds like. I don't know. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to this next question here from Solaris Stain. What's the difference between Metal Sonic and the Shadow Androids? Will there ever be a Metal Shadow? Uh... Metal Sonic seems to have been precision designed to counter Sonic. The Shadow Androids seem to be cheap, mass-produced, low-quality Shadow knockoffs. <laughs> um, considering how quickly Shadow tears through them in his own game, or shoot, how quickly the Chaotix tear through their containment and heroes. Um, and it's not really super clear because we don't really get to see the Shadow Androids in action too much. You could argue that they are capable of sapience since in the one ending Shadow is an android, but that's a non-canon ending, so I don't know how much water that holds. As for Metal Shadow, yeah, I would love to see that. That'd be sick. Yeah, of course. And finally, our last question this week comes to us courtesy of none other than Noni. Hey, Ian, what do Zeddy taste like? Misery. They taste like misery. Pain, suffering, misery. Sounds about right. <sighs> like, imagine you do an instant cup of craft dinner. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, you, you are getting the infected with the Canada. Hours, so leave, leave it out on the counter so it gets all cold. <laughs> and then drop it on the floor and scrape that up. <laughs> and you, you get kind of the idea of what they would taste like, I imagine. <laughs> Yeah, I get this one here. Zeddy spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can tell you're getting infected with Canadian, though, because uh, you called it craft dinner. <laughs> I wanted to say KD, but it's like, I got to make sure they know what. This I don't is. know. Nobody knows what KD is if they're not Canadian, dude. <laughs> no one understands. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't have understood. I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> cool. It means cool dude. Yeah, no, it, just, it doesn't. Maybe it does. I don't know. Uh, I am too far away from Canada to, uh, to know what KD means. But I know what our lovely patrons mean. They mean the world to us. They're amazing. They absolutely do. Big thank you to everyone who supports the show via Kofi.com backslash Bumblecast and Patreon.com backslash Bumblecast. Thank you to Daniel H., Alex P., James K., John B., Jennifer R., Robotnik Holmes, Samuel P., Sam Cybercat, Torchbound, Mike B., Coupling Crew 128, DK, Duas Din, Dave M., Andrew D., Off, Salute Your Cat, Scruffy Matt, J. Frost, Chris A., Sony, Hero of Life 13, John M., Noni, Jib, Don B., Yami M, Ryan D, Lee HK, Lisa M, Chavel, Blue Title Gamer, Invade Tube, 
Invade Turbo Tunis, Ben W, Fiona M, Tick Tick, Sonic 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 Final, Neil, Xanderoni the Painter, Jonathan D, Devler the Della, Chaos Universe, Sonic Legacy, Godzilla, Nemerk, Daniel B, Pedanti Cat, Solaris Stain, Dove, Red the Supernamic, Bondolce, The Name is X, <clears throat> Joe S. They, they spelled out their last name, but we try to keep your privacy, so I almost read that out loud. <laughs> mm. Chad, Nathan J, Ava Arctic, Jennifer H, Les, Preston M, Axis, Alphamon, or you can, Professor Rice, FR, Scarletta, Cameron H, Noah S, Chase L, Scurvy Pirate Hog, Kajira Highwind, Red Wolf, Joy the Sonic Fan, Callum Q, Kimiko, Radri, Owen BD, Metro 14, Just a Mountain Soul, Ty H, Maddie H, Audrey Shrugged, Turbo, Crooker, N Zephyr, KJB, Lewis J, Mox and Tails, Dream Boaton, Rusty Cook, Four Sonic Fan, Chaos Voltage, Techno Cinema, Darusival, Jolene B, Expired Bread 12, The Marble Gardener, Lacey M, Unlikely Veronica, Alex 120, Goosey Tente? Tente. Goosey Tente, Tente. Uh, also known as The Key, I believe. Ah, uh, The Key. Agent Cats, Yoshi Milkman, Saturn Flicky, and Langoria Sky. Thank you, thank you, all of you, for being the amazing people you are, because you give us money. That makes you automatically <laughs> amazing. <laughs> that you give us purpose. Yes, yeah. I mean, these questions got to be answered by somebody. Might as well be us. I suppose. I guess if that's what we got to do, <laughs> that's what we got to do. That's going to wrap us up for this episode of the Bumpcast. We'll see you Wednesday for the standard Q&A. Until then, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other and take care. This episode was whack as hell, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I can't remember the song. I can't make fun of the song. I can't make up words for the song because I'm sleepy. <laughs> All right, Ian, get out of here before you actually do fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs>